Tonight, I want to speak to you, asking you a question. I believe the Holy Spirit is asking us a question tonight. And that question is this, what are you doing here? What are you, what are you doing here? Have you ever been in that situation and you've kind of, you've either asked yourself in your mind or out loud, you know, like, man, what am I doing here? What on earth is going on? In fact, it happened to me Sunday night. We flew into town, got here into Lafayette Sunday afternoon, uh, saw a bunch of family members and, and the kids' cousins, uh, drove down from Alexandria and ended up that, um, my nieces stayed the night with us. My boys went and stayed the night with their, with my nephew. And in the middle of the night, one of my nieces, uh, woke up and she came into our, our room and she's like, you know, I, I'm scared. I'm, you know, I can't sleep or whatever. And I was so tired from just traveling that day and everything like that. I heard her and I, and I woke up. And first of all, I'm sleeping on the wrong side of the bed. And I'm in the wrong room and nothing looks right. And I hear a little child's voice, but it's not one of my own. And I'm just like, what? You know, what am I doing here? Where am I? You ever, you ever had that, that kind of moment? And just like, what on earth? And then finally, finally I realized, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm in Louisiana. I'm in my in-law's house. This is my niece. And it's like, hey, what's happening? You know, but I mean, I was just, I'm serious. I was completely confused. I had no idea where I was. I'm like, what am I doing here? This is, this is crazy. Well, in this chapter of scripture, we find a man of God. Being asked that same question, what are you doing here? It's the story of Elijah. And I'm going to skip down. I have in the notes, you can read verse 1 through 13. Uh, I'm going to skip through some of that just for, for sake of time. And, and we're going to jump down to, um, we're going to jump down to verse 8. And we're reading about Elijah. He's a man of God. He's a prophet in Israel. He's, He's the spiritual leader in Israel. He's done some amazing things for God. God has used him to perform some miracles. He's got the nation's attention. But at the same time, uh, at this day and age in Israel, as a nation, they're not really serving God. They could really care less about God. In fact, they're under leadership that's really uh, wicked and evil and doing things that are contrary to God. And so Elijah's living in all the midst of this and and he's just had a great victory, but because of this great victory that the Lord has used him to, to bring about in Israel, now his life has been threatened. And essentially, he's running for his life. And so we, we pick it up here in verse 8, the end of, end of verse 8, that uh, he runs uh, to, he, for 40 days and 40 nights, he runs to Horeb, the mount of God. And now I'm in verse 9. And it says, There Elijah came to a cave and lodged in, and behold, The word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, only I am left and they seek my life to take it away. And God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle stillness and a still small voice. And when Elijah heard the voice, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? See, in Elijah's life, he had done this great and mighty thing, but, but he, he, he fell victim to fear. You ever been afraid of something? 
I have. He'd seen God do amazing things. And we read about it in the Bible and it's easy to say, well, Elijah, you've seen God do amazing things. You shouldn't have any more issues. You should have absolute confidence in God. And yeah, he should have, but he didn't. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah, me too. Me too. I've seen enough miracles in my life. I've seen God do enough miracles in others' lives that I should never question him. I should never doubt him. I should have implicit trust in him all the time. And a lot of times I don't. Can anybody relate? And so the Spirit of God, because he loves Elijah so much, he comes to him and he says, Hey, Elijah, what are you doing here? And the question that the Spirit of God will bring to you and I at different times in our life is he'll stop us and he'll get our attention and he'll say, hey, Nick, what are you doing here? Rob, what are you doing here? He might say, hey, family life, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? The first point tonight that I want to draw out of this is when God asks the question, what are you doing here? It's meant to open our eyes to the world within us. When he says, hey, Elijah, how on earth did you get here? This question really is an opportunity given by the Holy Spirit to look back on his life and honestly evaluate the events and the choices that have led to this moment in Elijah's life. What are you doing here? You see, in the journey of life, the Holy Spirit has to stop us at different times. And it's an act of love when he asks us, what are we doing here? Because he's trying to get us to realize Just why we are where we are. What series of decisions have you made that have led you to this moment that you're in right now? Sometimes you can answer that question when the Holy Spirit says, hey, what are you doing here? And you can say, well, you know, I made this decision for the Lord and that decision for the Lord and that decision for the Lord. And now I'm here. And it's good. There's nothing wrong with those decisions. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, hey, what are you doing here? And if you get honest, well, I messed up with this decision. That set off a chain reaction that brought me here. And because I ended up here, then I had to go this way. Because I went this way, then I had to take a couple steps backwards. And and now that's what I'm doing here. Right? Life is like that, right? Do we make the right choice every single time? No, I certainly haven't. But here's the thing, when the Holy Spirit asks us what we're doing here, what he's trying to do is help us identify the problems that are in our lives that are keeping us on this crazy cycle. Because here's the deal, until the Holy Spirit brings whatever, it could be it could be a fear issue in your life, it could be a trust issue in your life, it could be insecurities in your life, it could be rage, it could be anger, it could be pride. But whatever he's trying to bring up when he asks you this question, what are you doing here? He's trying to make you realize, open your eyes, there's something inside of you that is keeping you on this cycle of going around and around and around. And in his love, he's saying, hey, I want you off that hamster wheel. Life is not meant to just be running and getting nowhere fast. Where are we going? Have no idea, making great time. Right? That's, that's not God's will for us. His will is not for you to be wrung out and strung out and drug out and worn out 
and end up burnout. His will is for you to be full of life. <laughs> Spiritually, emotionally, physically. It, it, it doesn't mean that life is without thorns. It doesn't mean that everything is coming up daisies. No, but his will is for us to, on the inside, be experiencing his, be experiencing his kingdom in such a way that, man, it, yeah, my life isn't perfect, but, man, I feel alive in doing this. I come alive when I'm walking with the Spirit of God in this direction. And it's based upon the decisions that you and I will make on a daily basis. And so he's asking Elijah, hey, what are you doing here? Hey, take a look at inside. For Elijah, dude, he had some fear issues. He had some insecurity issues. But we're not talking about Elijah's issues tonight. We're letting the Holy Spirit ask us about ours. What are you doing here? You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that highlights the problem. How many of you ever had the Holy Spirit highlight a problem in your life? Put his little finger on you. It's amazing, like, the pressure that that little finger of the Holy Spirit can put on your heart, right? You're like, oh, oh, man, that's heavy. The Holy Spirit does it out of his kindness and love. But then you and I, we need to own up to it. If you want the cycle broken, you've got to own up to it. And here's the thing. God in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite mercy, and his infinite awesomeness can take any situation that you and I are in And he can use that situation to bring to the surface the things that are in our lives that are holding us back from walking in greater fruitfulness. He can take any situation, bring it, use that to bring things in our lives up to the surface that are keeping us back from walking in deeper intimacy with him. He can take any situation, any set of circumstances, and only God can use that to bring to the surface in your heart and in my heart the things that are impeding our destiny in him. So what do you do? What do you do when God asks you this question? What are you doing here? Honestly answer his questions. It's called being accountable. Now, here's something to remember. When God asks you a question, honestly, he's really, he's not looking for the answer. He's God. He knows it. But when he's asking us questions, what are we doing here? He's trying to get us to realize. He's trying to get us to have our eyes opened. And so, own up to it, man. Be accountable. I'll never forget I'll never forget one day when I was in Bible college, hungry for the Lord. Um, I spent, uh, it was during a lunch break and I was like, man, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go pray. I was just praying and uh, hungry for the Lord. And I felt like I was hitting walls in my growth and uh, my spiritual growth with the Lord. And God, God said to me, he said, uh, he said, Nick, you're, you're a player. And i Probably all of you guys have heard this story before, but I said, God, I'm not a player. You know, like, man, you know, I'm a, I'm a virgin. I've, you know, I've not done that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not a player. And he said, Nick, you're a player. And immediately in my mind's eye, I saw all these girls that I had dated throughout junior high and high school and into college. I saw all these, all the, the faces of these girls. 
And he said, Nick, with every one of these daughters of mine, you manipulated them to meet needs that you thought you had and never once had concern for the needs that they had. You played every one of these people. What do you do when God nails you like that? Tell him no. Tell him he picked the wrong Nick. I'll tell you what I did and I'll tell you what God wants you to do. I owned it. I remember falling to my knees. I said, God, you're right. I'm a player. I'm a manipulator. I'm a deceiver. I was heartless. God, forgive me. What's so wonderful about God is that these things that he brings up, these things that he puts his finger on when he's asking us the question, what are you doing here? His full intention is to attack that thing with all of his heart, with all of his love and destroy it in our lives so that we can break the cycle and move beyond that. And the moment I owned it is the moment I felt the spirit of God come in in a way that I hadn't felt him in months and begin to lift me up and say, okay, yes, you were a player, but now you are pure. I cannot tell you how good it felt. So what do you do when God asks you the question, what are you doing here? You honestly answer the question. You get accountable. Psalm 51, 6. Uh, look at this. This is, this is God's heart. He says, behold, you desire truth in the inner being. Make me, therefore, to know wisdom in my inmost heart. I'm telling you, God knows your heart already. Don't hide it. Get honest. Get truthful. Open your heart to the Lord because he wants truth. He just wants the truth. Remember, Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you own it, then you begin to break the cycle and walk in freedom. The next thing that he wants us to do is, is when we own up to the issues that the Holy Spirit reveals, it's simple. You guys have heard this before, but I'm reminding you tonight that you repent, you renounce, and you renew your covenant. You repent. This was wrong. This offended you. I am sorry, God. This, this is sin. And I'm sorry. Forgive me. And then you just renounce it. You say, God, I don't want that in my life anymore. I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to touch that. I, I'm going to do my, I, I just, I renounce it. I turn away from that, God. And then all he's looking for is for you to renew covenant with him. God, I'm yours. I'm yours. As best as I know how to be, I am yours. Heart, mind, soul, body, strength, I'm yours. And it's not, it doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing. It's the wonderful thing with God is as soon as he, as soon as he nails us, as soon as you repent and renounce and renew covenant. I mean, God's like, okay, I'm good to go. I love it. I love it. 
The, uh, about, about five or six weeks ago, Emily and I were talking on a, uh, we had put the kids to bed. Uh, you know, husbands, when your wife says, we need to talk and you immediately go into prayer and fasting. Uh, it was, you know, kind of one of those conversations. And, uh, we had this come to Jesus talk about a great many things that were going on within our family, within our lives. And at the end of it, I realized the Holy Spirit, essentially the Holy Spirit was saying, hey, Nick, what are you doing here? And he made it super aware. This is what's going on. Here's the decisions you're making that are wrong. Here's the decisions you're making that are right. What are you going to do now? We're sorry, God. We bring it under the blood. We get it right. And I'm telling you, no guilt, no shame. Wasn't beating myself up over it. I can't believe I'd made these decisions wrong all this time. No, because I renewed covenant. Now I'm with God and I'm moving forward. And that's how you know it's God. Romans says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Everything that he reveals is not intended to condemn us. The last thing you need to do when God asks you that question is thank God for using this set of circumstances to draw you closer to him. That's a tough one to walk out. But thank God. Thank God for using this set of circumstances to bring to the surface something that actually ends up drawing you closer to him. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Look at this verse. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. Do you thank God for everything? It's not what the Bible says, but you can thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for it's the will of God for you. Why? Because he's using that to remove the things that are hindering intimacy with you and him that are hindering your effectiveness and walking out in the destiny that he has for you. So you'd be thankful. All right? Pretty simple, right? We can do that, right? Five of us can do that. That's awesome. I'm, I'm happy. We'll go change the world. The rest of you guys? We can do this, right? Amen. Amen. All right. But notice something here. Let's go back to our text, 1 Kings chapter 19. How many times does God ask Elijah this question, what are you doing here? He asks him twice. What are you doing here, Elijah? The question, what are you doing here, not only is meant to open our eyes to the world within us, but it's meant to open our eyes to the world around us. In essence, the Spirit of God is saying to Elijah, hey, are, are you doing anything here? Are you doing anything here at Horeb for me? Like, what's going on? God, honestly, I believe this. I believe that God wasn't concerned with how circumstances were treating Elijah. God wanted to know how Elijah was affecting his circumstances. What are you doing here? So what? I mean, honestly. So what? If life isn't turning out the way that you thought it was going to turn out, what are you doing here? So what if you're walking in the will of God? You heard him. You left 13 months ago to go do this. And it doesn't look a thing 
like you imagined. So what? What are you doing here? What are you doing for the kingdom here? I believe that's what the Holy Spirit was saying to Elijah. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit was saying to me. I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. I know you didn't think it was going to look this way. But I want to know what you're doing about it. I have given you my promises, the Lord says, to stand on. You've got my voice ringing in your ears. This is the way to go. Walk in it. We have his Holy Spirit in all of his fullness residing within us. Something should be happening here. Something ought to be happening here. What are you doing here? The will of God, man. It's not always a mystery, but it sure is a mysterious thing. Does that make sense? I've heard God clearly speak. I want you to plant a church in Boise, Idaho. But it's mysterious watching him unfold this plan. I heard God clearly tell me to marry Emily Claire Bertrand. One of the two times I've heard the audible voice of God. I knew it. But it has been a better than I could imagine adventure over the last 12 years. But I could have not predicted, there's no way I could have predicted all the stuff that we've walked through together. Let me throw this out here for you. Walking in the will of God doesn't come without obstacles and adversaries and challenges and trials. And even in our own small sphere of influence in Boise, Idaho right now, we're having to remind people, just because things are difficult doesn't mean that God has left you. It doesn't mean that you have left God. It means we have an adversary who does not want to see the kingdom of God advance. It means that there is a real devil and a real battle for the souls of men. And if it's difficult and if it's challenging, that's not the time to throw in the towel. And that's not the time to question the last command that you heard our king and captain give. You keep walking. And the Holy Spirit will ask you, so what, so what if it's tough? What are you doing here? So what if it's uncomfortable? What are you doing about it? So what if the enemy hits you? I, you ever been sucker punched by the devil? You got two ways that you can respond. Really, basically. You got two options. You can cower back, try to hide in your corner, and lick your wounds. Which is what way too many people in the body of Christ do. Or you can say, all right, devil. Ain't gonna lie. That one landed. But in the name of Jesus. I am coming at you. I'm talking a little like Superman punch. Right? That's the only two options. Withdraw, retreat, or advance. Now I'm telling you this. 
The Holy Spirit has given us everything we need to live a victorious, overcoming life. But you can't overcome unless there's something to climb over. That's deep, I know. But listen, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. The Holy Spirit will stop us dead in our tracks and say, what are you doing here? You are, you are, you're the saints of God. Fully equipped for every good work. <laughs> so he'll ask us questions and it might look like this. Who are you supposed to be discipling at your work? You might not like your job. You might not want to stay there forever. That's okay. I hope God won't keep you there forever if you don't like it. But while you're there, what are you doing while you're there? Who are you supposed to be reaching and affecting for the kingdom while you're there? How about this? When the Holy Spirit asks us, what are you doing here? How about what are you demonstrating to your children? What are you demonstrating to your children? Are you demonstrating that when the going gets tough, we retreat? Or are you demonstrating that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God forcefully advances and the violent, the determined, take hold of it? What are you doing here? When the Holy Spirit asks us, what are you doing here? I could ask, you could be asking the question, when, when are you intentionally placing demands on God's promises? Think about that for a second. When are you intentionally placing demands on God's promises? My, my grandmother, she's like 86 years old. She still has her written prayer list with her children on it and her grandchildren on it. And she prays for two, uh, her son and her daughter, an aunt and an uncle of mine. She says, God, you promised me that all of my children would serve God. And I'm standing on that promise and I'm making a demand on that promise. This is your word. You said they're going to serve you. I'm not stopping until I see it. When are you intentionally placing demands on the promises of God? God, you said you're going to build this church in Boise, Idaho, and I'm not stopping until I see it. And I'm not stopping until there's no more breath in me. I'm placing demands on his promises. When are you doing that? Where are you most effective in ministry? When the Holy Spirit is asking us, what are you doing here? He could be saying, where are you most effective in ministry? Do you know? And, and are you there? Are you operating there? Are you paying attention to those little nudges of the Holy Spirit? Look, it's, 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 it's amazing the smallest things that make the hugest difference. My wife, one of her one of her best friends in uh, in Boise, going through a lot of stuff in her life, and Emily's like, "I just feel I'm supposed to be there for." Her. I said, "Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're here for. It's what we're here for." And one day she came home from work and she said, "I just feel like I am supposed to buy Rebecca a little gift and like package it all up and just put it in the mail because who doesn't like getting an unexpected gift in the mail?" I said, baby, that's the spirit. Do it. 
So she goes and, and she, you know, I, I don't even remember all the stuff that she bought. She told me, I forget, I'm a husband. Come on, come on. So she does it. She sends it. I don't remember how many days later, but her friend gets this package and Emily gets this text. And she said, I can only text you right now because I'm crying so much. You have no idea what this means to me. In church, that is ministry. Listening to the Spirit of God, knowing where she's effective, operating in that, and seeing it impact a life. Rebecca's still a ways away from God, but she knows we love her. She knows that we love her. What are you doing here? So maybe gift giving isn't your strength. What is? If you haven't gone through the Love Grow Reach, you need to. Because this is a church that helps you learn and identify what God has placed inside of you so that you can be effective. What are you doing here? When he asks us, what are we doing here? (laughs) He could be saying, why are you living in your neighborhood? What are you doing here in your cul-de-sac? What are you doing here in your subdivision? Do your neighbors know that you love them? What are you doing? If you are waiting for Pastor Todd or Pastor Brandon or Pastor Kelly or Pastor Elijah or to come and evangelize your neighbors. That's not their job. What are you doing in your neighborhood? Are you praying for the lost people that you live right next door to? What are you doing here in Lafayette? How are you impacting your marriage? How are you impacting your marriage? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do for my spouse today? Holy Spirit, how do I speak and breathe life on the gifts you've placed inside of this amazing person you've given to me. What are you doing? When God asked this question the second time, what I love about this is that this question is intended to empower Elijah. It's intended to empower you and it's intended to empower me. In essence, it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit puts his arm around Elijah and says, Elijah, what are, what are you doing here? This is your nation. This is your city. This is your family. This is your neighborhood. What, what are you doing here? What do you want to see happen here? Let's make it happen together. 
When God asks us this question, he's saying, hey, maybe you blew it. Elijah blew it. I've blown it. You've blown it. But God is saying, I still have plans for you. There's still something that you can do right now. I still want you to make a difference today. So what are you doing here? Look, there's some, there's some scriptures there. Write them down. Read them. They're good. That's why they're in the Bible. When God asks you the question the second time, what are you doing here? Here's, here's, here is what I believe is the appropriate response. Let's frame, let's frame it like this. When he says, hey, what are we doing here in Lafayette? What are we doing here? Here's the appropriate response. Resume your pursuit of God's last command. What was the last thing he told you to do? Just resume doing that. What was it? Was it go to college, finish college, resume that? Was it really work at getting involved in Bob's life at work? Then resume getting involved in Bob's life. Was it, hey, I want you, whatever it is, resume his last command that you heard him give you. The, after you begin resuming that last command, the pursuit of the God's last command, then continue to walk in God's ways. Because here's the thing, when you're walking in God's ways, you're walking in his will. So continue to walk in God's ways. And after you're doing that, Expect fresh vision and passion to flood your life. Expect it, because it will come. I promise you, it will come. When Emily and I had that come to Jesus meeting, whatever, six, seven weeks ago, whatever it was, I'm telling you today, I, don't have, I really don't have any more pieces of the puzzle for Boyce United Church than what we had, but I have more courage and more conviction that we are doing exactly what the Holy Spirit wants us to be doing in this season. I have more courage and conviction than I've ever had before. (laughs) We've had some people leave the team. We've had some other people come on the team. It's been chaos. And I'm just more convinced than ever before, now that I've resumed the last command, I'm walking in his ways, thus I'm walking in his will, I'm telling you, I've got vision and passion and expectation like crazy. What about you? What about you? What are you doing here? Lafayette needs you. Acadiana needs you. The person you're sitting next to needs you. What are you doing here? Let's pray. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we, we completely open ourselves up. We totally yield to you in this moment. As you're speaking to our hearts, asking us to take a look at the things inside that are holding us back. 
And as you're taking us to take a fresh look at the world outside and how we can touch them, how we can change lives in this region. Holy Spirit, we're just saying to you, yes. Yes, whatever you want to remove, you can remove. Holy Spirit, the last command you gave, we're going to resume. In fact, would you do this with me just all across this room? Just just stand up with me. I just want you to join me. Just close your eyes. Put your hands over your heart. And I invite you to take this same attitude before God that I want to express right now. You don't have to, but I'm inviting you to just in your heart say, Jesus, here I am. I give you everything. Everything you're wanting to pull out of me, pull out of me. Everything you're wanting to place in me, I take it, I receive it. I want to do something great here for you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for drawing us. Drawing us close to the Father. Lord, I pray that even even tomorrow, as we gather with family, as we gather with friends, I pray that you would speak loud and clear to us in those moments of laughter, in those moments of reconnecting, in those moments of enjoying amazing food. That we would still be aware that you're asking us, hey, what are you doing here in this person's life? I want you to make an impact right now. I want you to leave a deposit of my kingdom in their life. Lord, help us. Help us to hear you ask that question. What are you doing here? And help us to go for it. To go for it in making a difference in the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much. Such an honor and privilege to be able to speak here to you guys tonight.